This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's a great honor for me to share a word with you this morning that's really transformational in my own life. And it's been a journey. And if you're watching online, just a special welcome to you guys. Last week, Sunday, I... I was an online viewer, and, you know, I don't have the luxury like you guys have choosing if you want to come to church. I'm the pastor's wife, so I I have to, you know, then I must be very ill, I suppose. But I could watch from home, and, you know, it's, I felt a part of what we were doing, and I just realized the benefit, you know, and the, the beauty of somebody not being in East London for the weekend, but still could be a part. And, yeah, and I just want to honor my husband, you know, for it's, and all the people there at the back, you know, you guys are doing amazing, all the camera operators and the media. I mean, there's like a whole army now at the back who are operating and making sure that people who can't physically be here can still be a part. And I just want to thank you guys. It's a, it's a new level of of expertise that we need that I know nothing about. You know, I'm just too happy that there are guys there. But yeah, I want to thank you and I want to honor you. And yeah, if you're watching online, just know that you know there's there's a lot of time and effort being put into getting a production going like we're doing. But I've personally received the benefit last week. So yeah, if you're joining us online. Special welcome to you guys. So I want to share with you a journey with regards to the sword of the spirits. You know, it, it started with something that was just lying there. You know, I knew about it. It was a, it was a thick book that, you know, I knew about and I, I knew a little bit, but things didn't necessarily really make sense to me. And then it, it moved from something that was lying there to something that at least I was holding right, you know, not, you know, some people would go like this, you know, think this is how we handle a sword, but it moved from lying to at least I could hold it in my hand. And then it moved to from me being able to hold it to being able to, you know, like wield it. I can actually do something with this gift, this weapon. And then it moved from... Me being able to, you know, to benefit from it personally, to me being able to share with somebody else, look, look what God has given us, this amazing weapon. And, you know, I, I really had a desire to build a bridge between a thick book. It's very intimidating to many people. And, and an audience, whether it's a child or, a, you know, people like you or, just a friend, I had a desire to build a bridge, to, to make this accessible because I've experienced the life change. I've experienced that if I know how to, how to work this thing, it can, it can change my life, but it can also change somebody else's life. So in 2002, we were part of Shofar in Stellenbosch. They were looking for new Bible school teachers, and something in me got super excited about the possibility of being able to build this bridge between the Bible and people. And, you know, I was at that stage not very hard to teach in, and I was very scared to 
do what I do today, having a mic in my hands. So it didn't really make sense, you know, for me to say, I want to do this. I want to teach at our Bible school. But I think the burning desire to build this bridge, this burning desire to, to show other people that this is amazing and that this is it's transformational. I just couldn't keep it to myself. I, I had to say, look, I'm available. I want to do this. I didn't know what it was going to entail. I was very inexperienced. I knew nothing about teaching. But I wanted to, to show people the beauty of the words, the simplicity, the accessibility, the, the empowerment that comes when the Spirit of the Lord rests upon it and He, he starts teaching us. And I, I wanted to be a part of that. You know, and slowly but surely I, I started learning and it's been a journey. But one thing I've noticed is I, I loved God's word before I started sharing it more actively. But now I love it even more because, you know, you, you can't teach what you don't understand. And I can't stand here this morning and try to be fancy and try to now be deeply you know, theological, and try to impress you. If, if I don't, if this is not a reality for me, I cannot do this. You know, so I had to trust the Holy Spirit to make this real to me. So the, the growth that I experienced from doing this myself to teaching other people to do the same thing was just phenomenal. You know, it was just, it transformed me when I started sharing the life that God has given me. Everything changed for me. You know, and I don't know where you are at this morning. Maybe this is just for you a sick book of rules, a book that you don't understand. And, you know, a book you have to read, but you don't really, you know, you have to, but you don't have time. And, when you do read, you kind of fall asleep. You know, you just don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> fall asleep or you struggle. It just feels like a struggle. And it feels like you really have to. So there's so much guilt and condemnation. When you think of the Bible, that's your, your, your connection. Or maybe some of you have experienced a bit what I've experienced. You know, the life change, the transformation, the, the fact that this is different to any other book you've ever experienced or ever read, that it's not just a book full of words, but it's, there's something here, and, and, and you can't keep it for yourself. Maybe you've experienced how a scripture would jump off the page just when you need it, and how you experience how this book gives you strength and, and hope and comfort, and it helps you. It, actually helps you to be successful in life, you know, but regardless of where you are, I would love to introduce you this morning to the person who, who taught me how to wield my sword, the person who took me from a little girl who, you know, didn't even have a, like, a proper grip, you know, Andre always, you know, when you want to play squash or tennis or something, Andre always tells me you need to have a like proper grip. You know, you get these things. <laughs> you know, whatever you use to hit the ball. And I believe God has taught me from, from you know, where it's kind of lo loose in my hands and to get a proper grip and to, and to show me, you know, the value in my own life. And I want to introduce you to the person who, who taught me that it's not complicated but simple. It's not boring, but it's exciting. 
it's not just words in a book. It's, a, it's words that's transformational. And it's, it's a book that, you know, that, that, that you don't have to. It's not something you have to do, but it's something I want to do. It changed me from something that I have to do because it's the right thing to I want to do this. I want to. And my, my desire is for you guys to, to discover the same. You know, that this is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, a source of life, uh, an experience with a creator, not just a book, you know, that, that make us feel guilty. And I would love for you guys to, to know how to wield your thoughts. And not only know how to wield it yourself, but to start teaching others, training others, whether it's your own child, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's, you know, in a, in a capacity like this. I mean, I never thought I would do what I do today. But somehow and for some reason, God said, Sonica, there you go. You know, with all my fears and all my intimidation and everything that, that was so daunting, because I said, Lord, I'm, I'm available. You know, God said, I can work with that. I can work with that. You see, and there's, so, there's multiple opportunities in church in the way that we're going to now also focus on our life groups. We would love to, to give people opportunities in life group, even just to share a five-minute something that you have received from the Scripture. And we're looking for people who will say, I'm available. I'm available to be part of a leadership team, and I'm available to, to run with what God has given me. And I'll, I'll share more about that later. But if anything, if anything like this stirs in you, you need to start somewhere. You don't need to start somewhere. I mean, I certainly wasn't born with a mic in my hand. You know, I still sometimes wonder why on earth would God call me to do this. But availability and a desire and a passion, that's what God's looking for. And if it's burning in your heart, that's all that God needs to... To, to teach you and to train you and to transform your life. Amen. So I want to start over that scripture that, that Andre read last week. It's our key scripture for the series, Luke 4, 18 and 19, that says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So that's Jesus speaking. So remember, Jesus was fully man. He was fully man. He had to rely on the Spirit of the Lord that was upon him. And who had anointed him to do everything he did on earth. So the Spirit of the Lord anointed Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the one I want to focus on this morning is recovery of sight. But it also speaks about her opening of our eyes to see truth to understand, to have a revelation of his words. And this is what I want to speak about this morning. The spirit of the Lord that was upon Jesus has come to open our eyes to see and to make the word alive. We cannot do it without the spirit of the Lord. So I want to take you on a little bit of a journey in terms of the word. So just stay with me. I want to, I want to take you to John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the words. The beginning was the Word. This is talking about Jesus, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is 
one of my favorite scriptures. You know, in the beginning was the Word. But then John 1.14 says, And the Word, who is Christ, became flesh, human, incarnate, and tabernacled. He fixed his tent of flesh, and he lived a while among us. He lived among us. And we saw his glory, his honor, and his majesty, full of grace and full of truth. So I want you to know that full of grace and full of truth. So the moment the word became flesh, there was two things that, that were released, truth and grace. Now jump to verse 17, the same chapter. So while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So there's something, there's a repetition of, of grace and truth, grace and truth connected to Jesus that we need to understand. And, and also the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus so that he could release grace and truth. You know, truth sets us free to see as God sees and grace empowers us to do what he, what he wants us to do. And if, if the law it says the, the law was given through Moses. If the law is presented without grace, without truth, it will lead to guilt. It will lead to condemnation. It will not lead to life change and transformation. So this is why Jesus who became flesh and the connection to the word is so important because he released truth and he released grace. Where the law was given through Moses... It was given through Moses, but there was no truth and grace being released by the Spirit. You know, and as a child, I knew the law. I knew the law as a little girl. I grew up in a Christian home. My grandfather was a Dutch Reformed minister, and we had this legacy of Scripture. We had this legacy of the Word of God in our family. But, you know, I would experience a lot of guilt and a lot of condemnation all the time because I wasn't introduced to the Holy Spirit, to the Spirit of the Lord that rested upon Jesus in the same way that I know Him today. So I would use any and every opportunity to give my life to Jesus because what if I don't make it to heaven? You know, as a little girl, five, six, seven years old, I would stress. I would literally be anxious about what if I don't make it to heaven? <laughs> and, and the law and the word for me was was it was stressful. I experienced it as very stressful because I didn't have the empowerment, the grace to, or the truth, first and foremost, to understand really what it's all about and the grace to walk it out. So for me, it was, it was primarily, I want to, but you know, I, I never knew whether my, my giving my heart to Jesus now today was it. I was doubting. I was forever doubting if, if my ticket to heaven is secured. Like that, you know, I was forever stressing. I would lie awake at night as a little girl. And then at the age of 13, at least God has given me this beautiful encounter where I could pray with one of my teachers and I could give my life to Jesus. And at least at that point, even though I didn't know the Holy Spirit, I at least had a witness. I at least, I at least was not scared anymore. So I had a measure there was a measure, you know, my, where my, uh, my sword was like 
loose in my hand, it was the, I, I got a grip at least, you know, got a bit of a grip when, when I said, I have a witness and I have a date and I've given my life, I have surrendered my life to Jesus. But it was only until I was introduced to the spirit, and I will, I will share about that now, that really released grace and truth in my life. So truth enables us to see. It opens our eyes. It, it makes us go, wow, I never saw it like that. You know, so I want to take you to the parable of the sower, Matthew 13, where Jesus said, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. So picture that, right? There is a sower. The seed is the word of God. It is being sown, but as soon as, it be, it's, it being, as, soon as it's being sown, the birds come and snatches it away, so it's gone, right? And then let's jump to verse 8. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, I mean, we all know Jesus, you know. He always spoke in parables. So those who really wanted to understand and hear him would, would linger and they would wait. And, the, and then he would always explain, you know. So just a bit later in that chapter, you know, the, the disciples wanted to know, so, so what, what does this mean? And, and Jesus said, well, if anyone hears the word of the kingdom, like you guys typically would hear it today, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that was sown in his heart, and this is he who received seed by the wayside. So you can come to church every Sunday. You can read the word every day to me. Understanding is the key, and this is what Jesus came to do. Truth brought understanding. It, it opens our eyes. You know, where something you read it, but you don't understand it. Compared to you read it and the lights go on. It's like, wow, this is what Jesus came to do. You know, and then let's, let's look at those, who fall, uh, the seed that fell into good ground. But you receive seed on the good ground if you hears the word and understands it. So understanding is crucial for a for a crop for a for a harvest for for fruit to be produced you know and i think this is why we sometimes there's no fruit in our lives because we hear the word but we really don't understand it it doesn't make sense it's it kind of goes in this side and out the other side and you know we feel we've done our bit for jesus we've at least read our passage for the day but you know, no fruit because there was no understanding. You know, and we, if we go to John fourteen sixteen, it's Jesus that says, You will pray the Father and he will give you a helper that he may abide with you forever. It's what Bernard also shared this morning. The spirit of truth. So you see this, this journey, you know, where God can take you from having the sword in your hand, but it's like loose. You don't have a proper grip. Do you get a proper grip, you know? There's understanding, there's revelation, but now he, he wants to take you further. There's, the spirit of truth will bring something alive and he will bring understanding, but it doesn't stop there. You know, so I, I remember when after I've given my life to Jesus now, eventually when I had a witness and I had a date and at least, you know, I could say to the enemy, look, leave me alone. <laughs> I have given my life to Jesus. I've spent quite a bit of time in the word of God. But it was only at the age of 16 when I was introduced to the Spirit of God, the way I know Him today, that this started making sense to me. 
So I just know that without the Spirit of the Lord that was upon Jesus and that is available to be upon us, we cannot understand Scripture. We'll be blinded. We will, we will think we, we do God a favor by reading it, but there will be no life change. So the Spirit of truth will guide us. It will bring understanding, and He will take us on a beautiful journey on how to take the sword and how to start using it. So let's talk about grace. So remember, Jesus came to introduce truth, and He came to introduce grace, right? So truth enables us to see. It opens our eyes, help us to understand. Grace enables us to be doers of the word. So instead of only hearing and understanding, now there's this other component. We become doers of the word, not in our own strength, again, by the grace that's released. So let me read to you Matthew 7. Again, Jesus speaking, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. It was founded on the rock. You see, again, we can hear the word, we can understand the words, but if we don't do the words, we build a house on sand. We think we, again, we think we are on the right track, but somewhere your house is going to fall. So you hear, you understand, but there's no empowerment to do. There's no foundation. Your foundation is sand. And this is why we need the Spirit of the Lord to give us grace to walk in obedience. And there's been so many seasons in my life where I was challenged to do the Word of God. And I thought there's just no way in which I can be obedient. Seriously, I, was, I thought, still remember done one years ago where I felt I must do a seven-day water fast. Um, I've only done one, so... This is not something to boast about at all. I cried for weeks. And I know you guys obviously do water fasts all the time. So for, but for me, it was a big deal. And I just, I just felt God say to me, Sonica, we're doing this together. You know, I was, I was in my normal job. I had to go to work. I had to do what I need to do daily. And I wasn't eating for seven days. And I was only drinking water. And, you know, after those seven days, I knew that the Spirit of the Lord... Is upon me to give me grace to do something impossible, you know, that impossible in my own strength. Oh, God, the word of the Lord came to me also years ago, asked me to give away a certain portion of money that I was saving for three years for a very specific purpose. And again, I was crying, you know, how, how can I, you know, how am I going to be able to be obedient? Lord, I, I can't do this. And God said to me, let's do it together. Let, let me empower you. And every time, you know, there were these significant, I mean, everything I do, pretty much I need the grace of God. But there were these significant moments in my life where I knew that that for me, for Sonica, would not have been possible. I mean, fine, I can get out of bed in the morning, I suppose, you know, without, you know, a deep measure of grace. But there were things that if I wanted to walk in the call, if I wanted to be purified, if I wanted to, to see God, if I wanted to be connected to Him, I needed grace. You know, there were seasons when God said to me, I want you to honor and respect this person. 
And I say to God, Lord, I don't know how to do it. I've lost respect completely, you know, for, for somebody. And I, it, I was so challenged. I was so challenged. And God said to me again, let's do it together. You know, God changed my heart. God opened my eyes for the beautiful things in this person that I can respect. You know, but it was a heart change inside, you know, or just forgiving. Try to forgive in your own strength. You know, every time I need to forgive, I think, why on earth is this so difficult? I've done it so many times. I should be an expert now in forgiving. <laughs> I've done it so many times, but now again, it's so difficult. I really struggle to forgive. And then, when, and, you know, light bulb moment, stop trying, do it in your own strength. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus, and Jesus came to give truth. He came to give grace. That is what I need, the grace component. To forgive, not in my own strength. You know, or seasons when I was so intimidated, I wanted to run away. Seasons when God wanted me to do things, and I really didn't want to do it. Because I was scared. And again, the grace of God empowering me. But He cannot do it if we're not available. You know, He cannot do it if we're not at least saying, God, I'm willing. I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but I'm willing. You know, and this is where... We, we, all of us have, have a choice. We can say, okay, I, I'm willing to learn. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to wield my sword. I don't know how to walk in truth and grace, but I'm willing to learn. And that God can work with. He can truly work with that, you know. So God's grace through the power of the Holy Spirit empowers us to build a house on the rock and not compare to sand, right? Compare to sand. Build your house. Yeah, that's what it's going to look like. Building your house and saying, you're going to stand, 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 and all of a sudden, you're not going to stand anymore. Because you, you, you think you're building a house on a rock, but you're not. If, if we're not walking in obedience, we're building a house on the sand. So let's talk about this something that was burning in my heart in 2002 that I didn't understand. I didn't completely understand. Why would I want to say, I want to teach at our show for Bible school? I knew nothing about teaching. I knew nothing about what be, would be expected of me. But there was something in me that wanted to build this bridge between the word and people. I, I didn't fully understand it. Now I have a better understanding of what it is. It's called a teaching anointing or a teaching gifting or an ability to transfer not knowledge but truth and grace by, by, by God, by God's spirit. You know, and I believe if there's a teaching anointing, and I believe God wants all of us to have a measure of this because he's given us something that we need to transfer to others. It, it helps us to, to take a kingdom concept in the Bible or a scripture and make it accessible to people. To, to take a kingdom concept or a scripture and, you know, build a bridge to your audience to simplify the word of God, to bring understanding and to bring empowerment to not only hear, to not only understand, but also to do. So it's simple. It's accessible. It, it helps people to understand. And I believe it's empowering. It's empowering. And it's not, it's not a skill like you play good, you're good at soccer or you're good at tennis. It's the spirit of the Lord. That brings the anointing. You know, I never thought I would do what I do today. 
is really not, you know, I would rather play the piano, right? I, I'm going to play together. I never thought I would do this, but I believe the church is looking for, for people, not necessarily in a formal capacity, and I'll, I'll, I'll come to that now, but in a more informal capacity where whatever God has given you, you can transfer it in a simple way, in an accessible way. I mean, to your children, for those of you who are at Kids Church, you need the gift, you need the anointing, you need uh, the teaching anointing to, tr- to build a bridge to the kids, right? To take the God of the Bible and make him accessible to an audience, whether it's a five-year-old, whether it's an 80-year-old, whether it's a businessman, uh, whether it's a, a, a sports person, wh- whatever. You know, whoever you talk to, we need to build a bridge. And therefore, we need the anointing. You know, so it's super exciting and it's, it's, I'm, I'm fully aware of the responsibility. I want to show you a, just a, a, a scripture that's not applicable to you guys. It's applicable to me. <laughs> so you can relax, okay, with this one. It's applicable. I'm preaching to myself now. Not many of you should become teachers serving in an official teaching capacity. James 3.1. For you know that we who are teachers will be judged by a higher standard because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. So if I teach the Bible, I'm not only responsible for myself. I'm not only responsible for even what I say. I'm responsible for my life, for my lifestyle, for what I impart to you guys. And, you know, I always think to myself that maybe one day when, when I get to heaven and there's the apostle Peter and he checks my, my files and says, mm, I saw you were a Bible teacher, Sonica. There's a different line for Bible teachers. So, my darling, you need to go that way and good luck, you know. So, I'm fully aware of the responsibility. I'm fully aware that I cannot fake it. Or I could perhaps fake it, but one day I'm going to stand before God. And it's very real, you know. It's, it's very real. If I want to do what I do today, I need to be aware of the responsibility. I need to be aware that if my life is not in order, and by that I'm not saying we need to be perfect or sinless. I'm just saying we can't be hypocrites, right? If, if I'm sinning against you, if I pretend to be something here, but back at home and behind the scenes, I live a completely different life. I'm sinning against you. I'm sinning against God. And this is what the scripture is talking about. It's, it's, I, I am possibly going to make a mistake somewhere in terms of maybe interpreting a scripture not perfectly. And I don't believe this is really what the scripture is talking about. It's talking about the responsibility to not only be a hearer and a, 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 a communicator of the word, but to be a doer. I need to be a doer of the word, you know. But even though everybody isn't, called, you know, to, to be an official teaching capacity. All of us are called to teach in some other way. And I'm going to show you that scripture now. You know, I always, you know, when I, I read James 3, 1, I always think of Spider-Man. It says, with great power comes great responsibility. So, I mean, give anybody a, a mic, you know, that person's kind of got the power for the moment, I suppose. But there's a responsibility and I'm fully aware of that. And I'm not saying that to scare you guys. Like I say, that's applicable to me and to anybody who's in a more official teaching capacity. But this one, 
is for you. So let me show you this one. So, so uh, when you get to heaven and the apostle Peter check your files, then he's gonna he's gonna hold you accountable on this one. Hebrews five twelve. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. And I want to challenge you this morning. Some of you have known God for years, right? Some of you have known Jesus for a long time. And I want to even say six months. That's a long time, you know. It's long enough to share with a friend what God has done in you and for you. And it's long enough to, to, to have read a few scriptures, and to be excited and to, and to step out and take your sword. And if you, if you don't have a proper grip to, to get a proper grip, to start wielding your sword, and not only for yourself, but to start sharing, to start teaching, to start getting excited about that one scripture that changed your life. Because you can't keep it for yourself. You know, so... Where, where do we start? So we, we're looking at our, our live groups again, and we realize, you know, obviously with COVID and this whole season, it's been super difficult, you know, for, for people to stay connected. And it, we are in a very difficult season, but we feel that God is breathing new vision. We feel that God is breathing new creative ideas and, and ways of how people can not only get involved, you know, not for the sake of just getting involved, but getting involved for the sake of coming alive for every individual, you know, and um, this, we, we really want to encourage you guys. You'll see on your, on your chairs, these, these live group, says live group 3.0, and we would love to empower people not in isolation, but at least, say, three people to lead a group. And for every time, you know, to give people the opportunity, especially if you're part of that leadership group, to share, to do what I do today on a smaller scale. And maybe you think, Sonica, what are you talking about? I don't know how to do that. I, I also didn't know how to do it. But I said, Lord, something is stirring. I don't know what it is, but... I want to build a bridge. I want to transfer what you've done in my life to somebody else. I can't keep it. I can't keep quiet. And if I'm not going to share it, who's going to share it? Who's going to share what you've done in my life if I don't share it? And if I don't take a scripture that I've wrestled with and share it with somebody else. So we are super excited just about God stirring. It's almost as if he's already stirring, you know, before we even... God's even given this idea to us. It's almost as if he's already stirring in people that it's a, new, it's a new season to step up and to become a part of something that's bigger than our own lives, right? Bigger than our own dreams, bigger than our own ideas or our own family. So just a few practical things I want to I wanna share with you. Where do you start if you want to grow? You might be maybe excited or you might feel mm, something's stirring, but how do you grow? We grow by spending time in God's words. That's our, that's our first, first step. We spend time in the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, you need to find a way that works for you. 
You know, I know the Bible is accessible nowadays on, on your phone and on tablets, but you know what works for me is my Bible and a highlighter and a pen and a ruler. <laughs> I need to work in my Bible, okay? You can work electronically as well. You can highlight, you can make notes. So I'm not, um, I'm not saying that's bad. You need to find what works for you. So I packed my Bible somewhere in December, this last December. I decided I'm not going to pack my Bible for like a week or so because I'm, you know, I've had it for a couple of years and every time I travel, the poor, you know, it, it gets damaged a little bit. So I was, oh, I missed my Bible. You know, I was like, why on earth did I make that stupid decision not to pack my Bible? I was like, I felt a little bit lost without my friend, you know, and I've discovered over the years that. This is my friend. My Bible is my friend. Why? Because there's been so many moments where I would have highlighted a scripture in a season when I was down and out, or I needed a word, or I needed life to be imparted to me, and I highlight it, and when I go back, it's a familiar place. It's not just a scripture. It's not just words. It's a familiar place where I know God came through for me, strengthened me. He transformed me with this scripture. So every time I go back, it's like coffee with an old friend, right? So my Bible is my friend, my companion, and you need to get yourself a few game, game plans, whatever it might look like. Cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Before you read your Bible, say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see. Open my eyes for the truth. It's going to take you three seconds to pray that prayer. But I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone, you know. How often do I read it, you know, to do that more often? Write down the revelations you receive from the Word of God. Write down. If there's a scripture that speaks to you, if something happens in your life, record it. Write it down. You know, when, uh, in 2004, so 2002, I started teaching at our, at our Bible school in Stellenbosch. And somewhere in that year, I was just having my time with God on my bed. And I wrote down a few scriptures on obedience. And I just got so excited, you know. I didn't know. You know, what this excitement's going to be for. But I wrote down and I, but I went to Andre. I still remember that morning. I said to him, one day when they give me an opportunity to preach, I'm going to preach a message on, on obedience. It was just my time with God. I wrote it down. I mean, at that stage, I wasn't preaching. There wasn't any chance or any person's going to give me a mic on a Sunday like today. And you know what? A year or two later, I got the opportunity and I did it with fear and trembling, but I used my notes that I jotted down that morning on obedience. I used the scriptures. I used the revelations about a, a map. And, you know, I just realized, what if I didn't write it down? But I said to God, Lord, I'm available, and I'm writing down. Whatever you give me, I'm writing it down. I'm making notes. So I want to encourage you, if this stirs in you, who knows? Who knows whether your notes will be used one day to transform a life. But then you need to write it down because a year later you're not going to remember. Write it down. Wrestle with the scriptures until it makes sense to you. Wrestle. Don't read it once. Don't read it twice. Read it ten times. Pray about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. You know, I think the scriptures that come alive the most are the ones that I've actually, I know it off by heart. Like the... You know, the, the ones or in my deepest, darkest moments, I still remember it because I've learned it. It's on my lips. I don't even need my best friend because it's right here in my heart. 
But Albert Einstein actually says, you know, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And this is so true when it comes to teaching the Bible, teaching anything. I mean, try to teach anything to anybody if you don't understand it. I mean, you, you feel shaky. You feel on shaky ground because, I mean, you don't, you, you don't know what you're talking about really because it hasn't settled. But if you wrestle with the scripture until you understand it, until it has, has changed you from within and then you share it, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And then I just want to encourage you guys to be teachable and open to correction. You know, there's a scripture in Romans that says, do not be wise in your own opinion. And often people who like teaching, they also like talking. (laughs) And sometimes teachers should talk sometimes a bit less and listen a bit more. So this is not necessarily applicable to all of us, but sometimes we could be very wise in our own opinion. You know, that's my opinion. That must be the right opinion. And, you know, I'm just bold. And Yes and no. We must be bold. We must believe. We, if you have a message to share, you must do it with boldness. But sometimes we need to be open for correction. Sometimes we will be corrected. Sometimes somebody will differ from us, and then we need to listen. Right? When it comes to, to teaching God's word, let's be a doer of the word. I've, I've spoken about that. You know, it's not about a perfect and a sinless life, but we cannot be hypocrites, right? I cannot be a hypocrite because I'll be held accountable. And then I want to encourage you to keep on reading, keep on learning. You know, we all have our things that we like. You know, I like biblical stewardship. I like marriage. I like uh, worship. There's certain things that it just, it comes fairly naturally for me to talk about. But then sometimes I need to read a book on creation evolution, Right? That's my, my husband's got so many uh, passions, you know, it's crazy. He tells me, read this book, Sonica, you have to read this book, it's awesome, it's awesome. And then two weeks later, there's another book that's awesome, I need to read, then he's finished that one already. And then, you know, so um, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep up <laughs> with all the books that I still need to read. But we need to read. You know, I know all of us aren't readers. But the amazing thing nowadays with technology, you can get audio books. You can listen to books while you drive in your car. So if you're not a reader, there's, there's options, right? But if we want to grow, even just as a person, but as a Christian, you know, I'm not saying you need to be knowledgeable on every topic, but I'm challenging myself just sometimes just to read up on something that's it's not my natural passion. And Andre really helps me with that. <laughs> I learn a lot from from my husband and just from the variety of things that he pursues. And, you know, I think we're really lucky in a sense because, you know, some pastors have things like, you know, you know, they're passionate about one, two, three, five, one, two, three, four, five things. But Andre is passionate about a variety of things. And I really think we get a very balanced diet, you know, from his preaching. So I'm really, I'm really blessed by that. And, you know, even though I'm saying let's read and let's, learn. We don't need a degree in theology, right? The disciples were untrained in, 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 in terms of theology, but Jesus taught them. People realize they've been with Jesus, and that's what we need to do. We need to be with him. So I want to encourage you, last uh, practical thing, make yourself available. It's actually the starting point and the, the last point, 
But you know, if Ivan made myself available for something that I had no clue what, what it was about, I would not have grown the way I've, I've done in the last 20 years. You know, I would not have been the same person. And I've, I've, I've moved to very foreign territory for myself in terms of speaking in front of people and teaching. And, you know, I've started doing things that's really not my natural strengths. But somehow God is, is calling me to step out on the water, and he's using me in my weakness. He's using me in an area that it's, it's a passion, and it stirs in me, but in the natural, I had to grow a lot. So you don't have to be perfect, you know. You, have to be, you don't have to be fluent in, you know, the way you speak, or you don't have to come across as this uh, wonderful speaker. It's not what it's about. It's about a passion to build a bridge, between the Word and the God of the Bible and today, people's current circumstances, their current challenges, that, that passion, that will drive you, that will teach you, and that will help you to, to share a Word that's not necessarily perfect, but it's passionate, and it will bring life change. So make yourself available. So if this resonates with you, get one of these cards. Even if you don't know exactly what it's going to entail, we're going to train uh, you guys in June, for whoever wants to maybe be a part of a leadership team in a life group, you're going to be trained, we're going to talk about it, we're going to encourage you. So maybe even if you're not 100% sure, like I was when I said I want to be a part, just come, see what it's about. Allow us to, to inspire you and, to, and, and allow yourself to grow. Amen. Allow yourself to, to step out of your comfort zone. I mean, who knows? Who knows what plans God has for you as an individual? We put ourselves in a box, all of us. We have our own ideas about who we are, and God looks differently. So I really believe, church, it's time to wield our swords. I really believe it's time for us the Bible, building our swords. We need to get back to a place where we don't only know about the Bible, but we know exactly what to do with the Scripture. You know, we're already in season and out of season. I really feel that God is putting our swords back in our hands today. And He's saying, allow my spirit to teach you. Allow me to teach you. Don't, feel, don't worry about feeling confident or feeling equipped. Allow me to teach you and to train you. You know, and while I was preparing, I really felt that I want to ask the men on behalf of the ladies. I want to ask you guys to, especially the men, to get your sword back in your hand. You know, I really, I have such a sense of urgency that us ladies need you guys to fight for us. Uh, we, we need you to lead us spiritually. We need you to pray for us. We need you to become everything God has intended you to be the king and the priest and the prophet in your home. And maybe you think, Sonica, I don't, I'm not married yet. I don't have a family. You know, you're fighting for your future family. You're fighting for your future wife and children and generations when you put your sword in your hands. And we need it. And I want to call you guys men of honor today. And I want to challenge you. And I want to say choose. Choose whether you're building your house in the rock or choose whether you're building your house on the sand. But you cannot build without your sword. You cannot build a house 
that's going to stay standing without the sword in your hand. And I want to honor the men in this church who are prioritizing the words. I want to honor you guys. And you know who you are. But I want to challenge those of us who have neglected our time with the word. Not only the men, the ladies as well. But I just felt in my heart that God wants to raise up the men in, 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 in this season where you can lead. We need that. Us girls need you guys to lead us. But I'm speaking for myself as well. You know, Andre can lead me up to a point. But then I need to do something, you know. So let's, ladies, let's not make excuses either, you know. Let's not blame our husbands. Let's not blame the men. Let us take up our swords. Amen. Let us fight in the spirit, not in the natural. Let us fight in the spirit and start praying. Let us use, let us know how to wield our swords, not in a worldly way, not in a way that, that brings more damage to relationships and to, and to families, but in a way that is honoring to our husbands, in a way that is honoring to leadership, in a way that is honoring to our boss, in a way that brings glory to God. But I really believe it's time we need to get our swords back in irons. Amen. Amen. So if you guys can stand with me, please. I want us to do a declaration together. I mean, imagine the transformation hey, in our families. Imagine the transformation if we truly live with this in our hands daily. Because God has given us this weapon. He's given us everything. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. He's given us grace. He's given us truth. He's given us whatever we need to fight this good fight of faith. Not in, in a way that we think is right, in his, in his ways. But therefore, we need the sword in our hands. Not next to our bed, not lying around. In our hands daily. Amen. So I'm going to read this declaration to you, and then we can do it together. So a declaration is not about emotion or feeling, or maybe you think, Sonica, oh, you're a bit quick on me now with this declaration thing. <laughs> we do it by faith, right? We do it. We lead our hearts. We lead our hearts. We declare the truth. We don't declare emotion. We declare truth. And our hearts will follow, right? So I'm going to read it to you. You can just get a feel. And then we're going to do it together. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And He has anointed us to love the Word of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and He has anointed us to read the Word of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and He has anointed us to understand the Word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and He has anointed us to do the Word of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and He has anointed us to share the Word of God. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and He has anointed us to wield our swords and to inspire others to do the same. Amen. So are you guys ready? We're going to do the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, and has anointed us every time because it needs to sink in. Right. All the teachers say amen. This is what teachers, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us and has anointed us to love the Word of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us and has anointed us to read 
the word of God. The spirit of the Lord is upon us and has anointed us to understand the word of God. The spirit of the Lord is upon us and has anointed us to do the word of God. The spirit of the Lord is upon us and has anointed us to share the word of God. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and has anointed us to wield us. Amen. Amen. I'm trusting for life change for you guys, right? I'm trusting for life change for myself. I need the Word of God daily. I need this. I need this for myself, for my family, for my friends. I need this. You need this. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.